Next Generation. Football. 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 Soccer. Football is football no matter where you play it. Football. You see? Hello to all my lovely listeners and welcome back to Next Generation Football. Today, guys, is the... Today we're doing the MLS Cup final preview. Today it's just going to be me and this week in MLS, also known as Eli Lesser today for you guys. Eli, can you please say hi to everybody? What's good, everyone? Another year, another MLS Cup. I'm excited. Eli is now officially the third. He's the first ever guest we've had on three times ever on this podcast. So he's now in the Hall of Fame of being on the most appearances as a guest for the next generation football podcast so it's glad to have him back again of course we would have to have we have to have a guy like eli on to talk about the mls cup final i was just at the seattle sounders practice where there was a lot of media coverage i was able to talk to stephen keel Susanna collins um and some of the espn fc crew and it was very cool to see get their thoughts talk to some of the sounders players about like their mental state before going into MLS Cup final. So it was very great to see. I'm a little bit tired. Eli's feeling like he's on he's on cloud nine at the moment. So I'm we're we're all pretty excited generally for this podcast. And we kind of just want to start with today, guys, is we're gonna do a kind of the two teams' roads, our thoughts on their roads to getting to MLS Cup final. We're gonna do our own combined eleven. I know the official MLS page already did one. But we want to make our own as we thought about this idea weeks in advance. So we're not copying them. They're copying us, in all honesty. And That's then we're right. going to give, yeah, we're going to give our predictions of who we're, who we think is going to like win. Not like mutually, we're going to th- make our own predictions. They're not going to be the same like before. And yeah, I mean, Eli, I mean, I don't really need to, you need to make any real introduction for this podcast, but. I mean, you're a bit, I mean, we're a little bit surprised about the two finalists as this isn't who we predicted when we did our MLS playoff predictions to be in this final. Yeah, and I'm still shocked. And it's very funny how this year was all about LAFC, yet we're getting the same matchup we've had um, now for three of the last four seasons. And it's funny because um, if you told me in July that the MLS Cup would be a rematch between these two teams, I'd think you're crazy because they were at very interesting spots over the summer and they weren't quite dominant. And now look where we are. We're at the same exact matchup. New faces on both sides, though, so that would be interesting to see. You know, Rui Diaz's first MLS Cup. Um, Pozuelo's first MLS Cup. That's going to be really fun to watch. And, and who? those are the two, like, X factors also, not to interrupt you, was the, the yeah. two X factors, in my opinion, going into this final. But we'll, of course, talk about that. You keep coming with what you were saying. Oh, no, no. you're. That's, that's, that's really it right there. Yeah, guys. So in regards to this MLS Cup final, I mean, Eli, you kind of brought upon it. It was all about LAFC this season. And now we're at the point where... LAFC, and it's funny because then it goes back to that interview question. I still think it's really funny. Remember when Bob Bradley got asked, does Carlos Vela show up in big games? And he was very quiet in the game against Seattle, and then LAFC get knocked out, and it's already just like that. That's the end of their season after the historic run they've made like for Vela and for the team in general, and just like that, it just ended. We'll start with Toronto's journey to this final. Winning 5-1 against D.C., who did they play next? I completely did. Oh, they beating NYCFC. NYCFC. Or a very, very bad decision from Matarita. It wasn't yeah. a bad call. It was a clear pen. And um, then to shockingly, I think the biggest upset of them all was to beat Atlanta. I still think it was a shock. I think 
go figure, we did predict them to beat BC, but maybe not in the fashion that it happened in. Then to yeah, beat I mean, NYCFC was the other, like, I, I, I feel like in my opinion, it's like the progressional surprises for Toronto kept going more and more. And then there's the big surprise of them beating Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I mean, what, like, what were your thoughts for their progression of the playoffs? Well, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but I thought that I thought Toronto had a pretty easy run to the MLS Cup. I think they, uh, I think Sounders had a lot harder matchups. Um, personally, uh, you got DC United, a team that's been very sus all season, if I may say it. And then you got NYCFC, who are really on fire. But at the same time, playing in that small baseball stadium, yeah, I was in City Field, but it was still a smaller pitch. And that was just Toronto's forte right there and poor defensive decisions. But then they had a shorthanded Atlanta United squad. And I felt like, dang, there goes Atlanta. But congrats to TFC. I mean, the two hottest teams in the East heading into the playoffs were Toronto and NYCFC. And you notice that the hottest teams heading into the playoffs generally do better. And kudos to Toronto for having that playoff experience and really shining. Yeah, seriously. I mean, big kudos to them. I mean, you did bring this up when we did do the preview that they were the hottest team going into the playoffs. And I don't... Uh, personally, yes, I think they the fixtures compared to the Sounders were a bit easier. I mean, just by a bit. The thing is, I think the yeah. key factor for Toronto for this run, the big thing for them was they took their chances as it came. When, when they played against D.C., Bill Hamid was playing very poorly. They took advantage of it, and they absolutely battered the balls past him. Against, NYC, against NYCFC, Moderator makes that one mistake, and that's what cost them the whole thing. They just kept themselves in the game. I mean, to be fair, it was two mistakes, essentially, by NYCFC is what made them lose. Toronto, honestly, were not the better team in that night. It was just two yeah. mistakes by NYCFC in their own hands. And then again, with Atlanta... They go up 1-0, and it was like a crazy nice, like simple, like EA FIFA-esque goal. Just they passed it right to the side, tap in goal. Then they get a penalty there in Dreamland. Arguably should have been a red for Bradley, but we're not going to go into that a whole lot. And then they miss it, and then they go on the other end and score. And then it's game on, and then DeLeon just hammers hammers one home. And it was just more so I feel like Toronto took their chances in this playoff run, and that's why they are here. Well, one thing that's been great about this Toronto team is this season being a lower seed than they have been in the past, this, the same pressure isn't on them that it, there was in 2017 when they won that MLS Supporters Shield. And when you don't have as much pressure, you have the availability to play more freely. And I've noticed that with this Toronto team, they're not really worrying too much about making the mistakes. And they're capitalizing on their few chances. Yeah, with Joe, without Josie Altidore, they're star number nine. It's a little interesting um, creating chances in front of goal, but they've taken advantage of every opportunity given to them. And congrats to Greg Vanny. Congrats to the squad. Um, and it will be interesting to see what they could do against Seattle because I'm going to assume that Seattle is going to dominate the possession of this match. I'm just going to assume put it out so as right the home now. team. Yeah. Um, especially the way Seattle's been playing this postseason. Um, but if Seattle slips up once or twice, that's all it's going to take for this Toronto side to put one in the net. So that's definitely the thing to look out for the most um, for Toronto and Seattle's defense. Yeah, and then talking, since you brought up Seattle, their kind of playoff run in this, 
how did you? I mean, shaky first game against FC Dallas, who we out of all the three teams they play was actually the probably their hardest game in the playoffs. Easily sweep past poor Nick Ramondo's RSL, where we see his final game happening at CenturyLink Field. Coincidentally, the place that he won his last MLS Cup, I think only MLS Cup, was at CenturyLink Field also for RSL. Yeah. And to to end up playing his final game there. And then dispatching, I honestly think it was a dispatching of LAFC by Seattle. And I mean... What were kind of what were your thoughts throughout these three games from from the yeah. Seattle Sounders to get here? All right, so I'm gonna say it now. I think the Sounders FC Dallas match was the best playoff game this season. I thought that was the most entertained by far. And speaking of teams that didn't have pressure, FC Dallas played freely on the Sounders, and they really just gave it their all. And I think that was great for the Sounders going forward, um, just having a team put in the effort against them. They stayed calm, they stayed collected, and they were able to get past Dallas. I would have liked RSL to put up more of a fight because I was very high on RSL, but that was the Sounders match um, the whole time, even though the goals didn't come till late. Either way, I just felt that was a Sounders match. You knew match it was then, coming. You knew the goals yeah. were coming, yeah. And then against LAFC, probably the best performance I've ever seen from the Seattle Sounders ever. Wow. I have to say, I I thought they played so beautifully, and there was no chance for LAFC to get past them with the way. Yeah, after the first goal that Atuesta scores, it was like all Seattle for the rest of that game, which was crazy to see. They dominated the last 60 minutes of that, even 70 minutes of that. I forgot when that Atuesta goal was. but Yeah, we don't um, remember exactly either. Yeah, Sounders put in the work against LAFC, and that's the mentality that they're going to have to take against Toronto. Obviously, Toronto saw that LAFC match, so they are going to adjust their game plan to whatever the Sounders did. So now it's time for Smeltzer and the rest of the Sounders to figure a plan out and just go for it because they're executing everything they want right now. Um, It's just a matter of, like, is their game plan the best game plan? Yeah, exactly, and they got to make it less so like that FC Dallas game, which I was at it, and it was very frustrating to watch. But if you guys did yeah. see on my uh, on my own personal Twitter page, on the second goal, don't mean to shout myself out like this, on the second goal, Nico Ladero gave me a high five because they celebrated right in front of my seats. So that I thought that was pretty. That was pretty. That was a highlight of my play the playoffs for me, but. They cannot make the game against Toronto like it was against Dallas, where they they did put in two, but there was this mental lapse a little bit, which I think they did learn their lesson in the following two games. They left no margin of error for the other teams essentially to like they were their heads were screwed on and they were they were in playoff mode for both of those games. Uh, yeah, and which is crazy because uh, if you watch a lot of the Sounders games late in the regular season, you wouldn't have been as convinced on them as we all are now because they're they really turned it on this postseason and they're a really really good team to watch they yeah exactly they are a really really good team to watch and since we have been boasting about both these teams i think it segues very easily for us to do kind of a combined 11 for both teams yes i did one previously as you guys listen on this podcast with mark geshwin from eif soccer for the ix chelsea game where we both did a combined 11 of the ix chelsea team and I thought to bring it back because you guys seem to really like doing the combined 11s. And so Eli's going to be more so the guy that's going to be 
put like arguing for Toronto and then I'll be the guy kind of arguing for Seattle in regards to we're not really arguing but more it's like a friendly debate on who we think should be in each position because Eli's not like a hardcore Toronto fan but he is the more so MLS journalist and I am of course the hardcore Seattle fan so I would ideally like it to be all Seattle players but that's not how that's not how combined 11s work I have a question yes are we gonna do how many at the back are we gonna be doing just four at the back yeah, four in the back. I think we'll probably do a standard like uh, four, two, three, one, probably. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So we'll start in goal. I think that's a pretty obvious answer, Quinton even though. Ter- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mister, Mister Playoff himself. I, I'm honestly saying it. This guy always comes up in the playoffs, and we have seen it. And he's been clutch. Who's won? He won that. In the final in 2016, the MVP award for that game in the final against Toronto, Stefan Fry. I think no no debate about that. He's definitely got to be yeah. the goalkeeper. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm actually surprised Westberg is the starting goalkeeper on an MLS Cup team. Um, but yeah, Stefan Fry. There's no argument there. Um, top three goalkeeper in MLS. Arguably, I'm still in my opinion. Best postseason. <laughs> best postseason goalkeeper. I think he still might be. I mean, we're still going to have this debate, but I think my, now my point's been more reinforced due to Bill Hamid's playoff performance against Toronto. Yeah, that, that kind of put me in a bad spot. I know it did. That was funny that that game happened a couple of days after I said my hot take that Fry is the best goalkeeper in the league at the moment. There was a good tweet by the Sounders. Like, since Fry has joined the Sounders, he's won so many, like, as team and individual trophies since he's joined, which I think is crazy, crazy to see how good he has become since he's joined then I never thought he'd be arguably Sounders ever goalkeeper and possibly the best in the league. So it's it's really great to see by Stefan Fry. So then for right back, who are we going to pick? So because I want to have more Toronto guys on here, because I know this will be majority Sounders guys, even though Leardong's really great. I like the way Richie Larea has been playing for Toronto FC this season. He's been one of the more underrated guys this season. I understand if we want to put Leardom here, but just to spread the wealth a bit, I'm going to go with, Richie Larea, not even Auro. Richie Larea, I think he'll be a super sub for this match, um, but he has the ability to come in and impact games immediately. So I'm going with him. Which but, you did, we did see that though against Atlanta too, which I think was a crazy thing. Exactly. Um, Larea's shown up, and he also showed up against the U.S. in that Canada game. So, um, and I think just for that, I will go with Larea also. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to be so nice about like spreading the wealth for other positions i just want to make a case about larea specifically yeah, and that's fine and i think it's a pretty valid case he's like a he is a player on form just yeah. due to how the international breaks and just the other leagues like seasons work he's like gone on to form like at the right time if he was playing in europe and in those areas because sadly it's like almost the end of the season for the united states but for like in regards to in Europe, he'd be in pretty hot form. because so I think he has been of recent very good, especially when you've seen that in the international breaks with Canada. So we can yeah. easily go with him. So then we'll I'm do the two. Put him in. Yeah, we'll we'll put him in there. He'll be at right back, and then who will be the two center backs? So it's between would it be Mavinga and Simon, or because the MLS did theirs with Mavinga and Omar Gonzalez. Well, I think Omar will be starting this match, so I'm gonna. Well, I think. So they have, they have, they're going to, I'm going to assume they're going to play five at the back for this one. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like that's the safest way and the safest option for a team on the road in the MLS Cup to take. 
um, loaded with defenders. And yeah, so I would choose between Mavinga, Gonzalez, Simon, Kihi, or Ariaga. Just all five of those guys. Okay, we're gonna do. We're gonna throw Ramon out of the question. No, fuck that guy. Oh, sorry. Um, you didn't hear that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna do one of each here. I'm gonna go okay. Kihi and. I'd probably say Mavinga. Yeah, he's probably the one I trust the most right now. Because he's the most, Um, like, consistent from the the three center backs from Toronto. Yeah, because Gonzalez and Simon, not going to lie, have had pretty bad seasons. And they're kind of past it. I didn't want to say it, but it's kind of the truth, in my opinion. It's unfortunate. Me being a big Omar Gonzalez fan, uh, it kind of hurts to say it. But I got to go with Mavinga and Kim Kihi. Yes, my guy Kimmy does. I like to call him. So I'm cool. I'm cool with the uh, those two being the the center backs for this one. And then we move on to left back, which would be Brad Justin. Smith. You think oh, so? Oh wait, Justin Morrow. Wait. Oh my yeah. god, I totally forgot about. Him. Sorry, I've really liked Brad Smith this postseason. Um, but actually, I was actually going to go with Morrow. I'm not the I biggest fan of Brad Smith. Okay, that's fair. I'm I'm going to go with Morrow. Actually, I can't believe I forgot about him. The uh, reason I pick Morrow over Brad Smith is I think he's a smarter outside back. Brad Smith oh, has a yeah. lot of la- – yes, he's been good in the postseason because why he's been good is because he's really fast. But my biggest issue with him is is that he bombs up too much, and then when it comes to defensive work, he's very lazy. He gets very shy of the ball, and I don't like it. Everyone gets all glamored by his like offensive output, and I'm like, well, we d- you don't need that when, you re- when you're in a tough, mm-hmm. tough game. Yes, it was back-and-forth football where you're seeing – constant attack yes you'd want brad smith but in this regard i i, I would say we take justin Moore just because his experience yeah. he's been out of three mls cup finals and he's just the main guy even though he helped us win ours in 2016 so that might also be why i would want him in just because he's such a nice guy to help seattle get their first mls cup yeah um justin if you're listening to this i'm so sorry i like blanked out on you for a second i wasn't even thinking about you um, and I'm really sorry, but Justin Morrow has been one of my favorites um, forever. He's Mr. Consistency for Toronto. Um, he has that veteran leadership that all those MLS teams need. And yeah, no, no question. I'm going Justin Morrow here now. So then that leaves us with the two CDMs. Do I even are... want to put Michael Bradley on here? I personally wouldn't. That's just me, me but... Neither. Like, I would honestly rather have, like, Jonathan Azorio. Azorio, yeah, Bradley. that's exactly what I was thinking, too. I'd um, rather have Azorio over him. Yeah, so the midfield, for sure, Roldan. Roldan's in. Roldan's a mainstay. But the thing is, though, would you really snub Svensson over Azorio at CDM? That's the biggest issue. No, I might have to put both the sounder defensive mids here. Yeah, because they've just... Svensson's been really good. It's crazy to think. Yeah. I think Svensson has three playoff goals in his career now. Yeah. I think the way to look at this... Um, is if you do Roldan versus Azorio, Svensson versus Bradley, who do you take in both of those? I think that both the Sounder guys win here. Yeah, sorry to all hardcore USA fans. Even though a lot of USA fans don't even like most, Bradley. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most USA fans would actually agree with this. So, um, yeah, that's So that's I'm fair. going Roldan and Svensson here. I'm sure you don't disagree with that. Don't disagree one bit about it. And then I think for Cam, well, I'm going to... I'm gonna where consider. We're gonna put him at Cam. Where are we gonna put, put, put Ladero then? Because I kind of want both. He's of a Cam. We can't have both of them. So are we gonna choose between those two? And I'm gonna say Pozuelo. 
Yeah, I mean, Pozuelo's the best guy on Toronto FC. He is literally insane. And don't get me wrong, Nico is insane in the playoffs too. But Pozuelo's another animal in my opinion. Yeah, but I, I want to have both of them on this. But, but, okay, let's be real. Nico's not a right mid. I know, but, like, he, he could play it, I guess. I don't know. No, we're not doing this. It's my podcast. We're Fine. picking yeah, Nico. Right. We're, we're picking Nico. As a, he's is a soul cam. But if we're going to debate between the two, yes, I love Seattle. And I love Nico. But Pasuelo is just – he could change the game in an instance. Yes, Nico can too, but he does really need Raul in the team for him to be yeah. really good. And we're talking about as an individual player. That is very true. Um, but I do actually want to ask you a question about Ladero after we uh, do this. Because um, I was listening to Extra Time. Shout out to MLS.com. And they brought up an interesting thing about Ladero. So I want to ask sure, you we, about it after this. Sure, we can. Uh, yeah, after we do the Combined 11, we're, we're more than happy to just throw out some MLS topics before the final. Might as well, since it is the biggest game in yes. Seattle's history in this area. So next would be our left mids and right mids. So for... Toronto, I just want to clarify, would it be Endo and uh, Benazet as their outside bids? And it would be You can even put Azario there. Like, uh, I don't know. This is a tough one because they they play very different formations. I know. That's the problem. Um, But if we're doing it based on... The sole position? Benazet versus Morris... And then Endo versus Joven Jones. Like, I think the Sounders take both of those. Yeah. Thing is, is like, I wouldn't actually want to put Joven Jones in there. Jordan Morris is an instant shoe-in. There's no question about it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put Jordan Morris for sure. Um, But, uh, well, that's why I want to put Libero, first of all. Put him at right mid. But I I understand your decision. We could put Azorio in at one of those wings because he could play it sometimes. You could play right mid, but over Joven Jones, do you think Azorio would be better than Joven Jones at right mid? Well, not at right mid, but I think Azorio is a better player than Joven Jones, um, but not as a winger. Okay, so we could change up the formation here. We could put Morris as like a, another striker if we want. Yeah, I guess we could. We'll play. We'll play Azorio over Joven Jones. I think he has been more of a spark for Toronto creativity wise. Like he brings a lot to the to the team, and in this instance, I want to. I'll I think say, I want to make it a four-two-two-two. So we have both Ladero and um, Pozuelo. No, we can't. We're not doing four. No one plays the four-triple-two anymore. We're um, sticking with this, but we'll play Azorio um, at right mid. Okay, Azorio at right mid. Okay. And then that just leaves us. We already decided Pozuelo at camp. And I think the other instant shoe-in, I guess it would be between Altador and Rui Diaz, but we all know who we're going to take here. Yeah, based on this postseason specifically, um, Rui Diaz. Or just in general, Rui Diaz. Yeah, well, that actually, it's kind of hard because Josie Altador really does show up in the biggest games for Toronto, but at the same time, like, Rui Diaz right now, I got to take over him. Dude, he's been Rui Diaz in general in the Rui, playoffs is Rui, just too overpowered. He's so good. Oh my God. He's been so good these playoffs, and it's really hard to pick anyone else but him. Um, I think a lot of sound the Sounder success on um, this MLS Cup will be based on how good uh, not Rui Diaz does. Because that's arguably been like Seattle's kryptonite in the playoffs. Like that's literally the sole reason they sold Freddie Montero is because he didn't have a single playoff goal. Oba didn't have a single playoff goal. Clint was just, sadly, he needed Oba next to him to essentially be really good in the league. Mm. 
and Will Bruin doesn't really cut it for a whole season, Jordan Morris isn't really much of a sole striker anymore and can't do it again for a whole season to stay hot. And with Raul, yeah, he's just been another, he's been the big difference maker Seattle has needed in the past to win an an MLS Cup. So we'll we'll go with Raul Ruiz Diaz and just to run it off, uh, Eli, you can have the honors of running off our combined 11 for Toronto-Seattle for this final. Yeah, I'm, I'm finishing it right now. Um, but in at goal, obviously, Stefan Fry. Our fullbacks are Richie Larea and Justin Morrow. Then we got Kim Keehee and Chris Mavinga as our, C, or as our center backs. Then at defensive midfield, we have Roldan and Svensson. Um, out wide, we have Jordan Morris and Jonathan Osario. Don't really know where to put Osario here. Um, Cam, we have Pozuelo. Striker, we have Rui Diaz. I think that's very fair. I think that is pretty fair. Just the only maybe controversial ones were maybe the outside backs, but it honestly could go either way. People yeah. would argue Brad Smith and Lear Dom are the like best outside backs in the league. My only issue with Brad Smith is just like I just it, it's kind of a bit on preference too. I just don't yeah. like him as much as a left back, in my opinion. I I'd play He's a winger. He is a he is a winger, and I'd rather play Jovan Jones at left back over him just because yes, like Joven is yeah. similar in regards to, yeah, he likes getting forward, but I think he's more effective when he goes forward, but he's also very smart on when to stay back. So that's why I kind of like Joven a bit more in left back compared to right mid. So that's what maybe why. I do Dude, everyone likes a little bit of Nuhu, man. Nuhu's, and he's he's been a good servant. He almost scored his first ever goal against LAFC, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. What was the I, question you wanted to ask about Nico Ladero? Oh, so one thing that they asked or they talked about on Extra Time today uh, was, is this, like, a big legacy match for Nico Ladero, for him to be, like, the Diego Valeri of the Sounders? Do you think, like, a lot of pressure is on Nico Ladero to really prove himself to be, like, a god for the Sounders um, in terms of his legacy? I don't, I think his legacy is still, I think fans can say this, He's already going to be known as a legend in Seattle history. Arguably our best cam we've ever had, like creative attacking midfielder. I don't think this game would tarnish it if he loses, but I think this would cement him to to take a team to three MLS Cup finals and to win possibly two out of three of them. He might cement himself as the best ever for Sounders, but I don't think this would tarnish it even if he loses too. Everyone's going to know, yeah, Nico Ladero is it was the main man for Seattle when he came in instantly. Yes, there were the ups yeah. and downs, and I have criticized him quite a bit. But at the end of the day, he puts up the numbers, one of the fastest attacking mids to get reach 50 assists. So, I, And the thing is, the hard issues is, I think that's my biggest issue with Nico Ladero is I compare him too much to other cams. Like, even though Vela's not a cam, but he could play cam. Like mm-hmm. Vela, Valeri, all those guys who produce a lot of goal numbers too, and that's just not Nico's game. And you just got to learn to appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, because they discussed how he was one of the first of the new wave of DP signings in MLS going from the older retirement league type guys to guys in their prime who are very hungry to be the main guy at a team and want to prove themselves. Uh, And and Ladero was one of those first guys that came over and he's been huge for the league and it's opened the doors for more guys from Argentina to come, uh, like a Pavon, like a Pity Martinez. And they were just discussing on extra time, like 
is this a game for Nicola Dare to set like to solidify himself as an MLS great? Because um, he has really flown under the radar this season. I feel like he's one of the he was one of the least talked about stars this season. Yeah, for sure, and that's that's probably why I'd say that that's the thing is is I've criticized him, and that's yeah. maybe why he has gone under the radar, but. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta learn to appreciate him. But I don't think it tarnishes his career if he. I mean, his like his quote unquote legacy for the Sounders if he doesn't win. I mean, to the fact that he's got us to three MLS Cup finals speaks volumes in itself. So you you gotta you gotta love Nico Ladero for what he's brought to the Sounders, and it's just crazy how it came mid season back in 2016 and how quick time flies in re- in that regard. Yeah, I really think that. The Sounders have an opportunity this weekend to solidify themselves as like one of the best MLS franchises by far. Like they're in that they would be in that S tier with like the LA Galaxy and or I wouldn't say DC United's an S tier franchise anymore, but just as one of those dominant MLS clubs. Um, do you have anything to add to that statement? Yeah, yeah, no, and I think it's true too. If Sounders do win this, they arguably would be in that upper echelon category with the Galaxy, in my opinion. Yes, not in regards to the amount of MLS Cups they won, but in regards to trophies, they have been insanely successful, like the Galaxy, when that Galaxy were part of the origination of the MLS. And I'd probably say that they will be in that top three, four bracket for most successful clubs and probably the best club in the league for the past, and like for the past couple of years. And it's going to be a big statement. They're going to kind of be known as that dynasty team that like the Galaxy were with Keen, Donovan, Beckham to win a bunch of MLS Cups. That's why I think this Seattle team has kind of, we've kind of seen with Roldan, uh, Stefan Fry, Nico Ladero, and it's going to be, and Jordan Morris. And you're kind of seeing like this, less so like three big names, but like mainstays like a spine in the back with like with Stefan Fry, with Christian Roldan, with Jordan Morris, with Nico Ladero, and then kind of a latecomer, but of Raul Ruiz Diaz. So it's good to see it. I think that's kind of what Seattle fans have always wanted to see was a spine and like a good group of guys and good leadership throughout the whole team from front to back. So this kind of leads us to what, how do you think this final is going to end? What's like your predictions? I really believe that this matches Seattle's to lose. They're the clear favorite here. I think despite Toronto being the hottest team heading into the postseason, I, I can't say that they've impressed me too much this postseason. I think the Sounders have really just made an impression on me that I was wrong about them heading into the playoffs. And... I'm just mind blown by what they've been able to do. So I'm going to go Sounders, I think, um, maybe two to one, three to two. I'm expecting some goals. And versus I previous think years. A, yeah, versus previous years. I mean, the Sounders technically have not scored a goal in the MLS Cup. And they haven't really had, a, like, they haven't really made Toronto's goalkeeper make a real deal save yet in the MLS Cup final either. Yeah. They have and, a big point to prove yeah. in that regard. And Quinton Westberg. Definitely one of my lower tier starting goalkeepers if I were to make a tier list right now. Um, and then you got on the other end, Stefan Fry, who honestly could... Uh, Fry gets scary sometimes in postseason matches. Um, just what he's able to do and his reflexes. Obviously, you got that the, the famous save in 2016. 
And yeah. I, yeah. I think Seattle really has this one in the bag. I think for me, if it comes down to the wire where it's still nil-nil or tied 1-1, for example, I feel like it would be more in favor for Toronto. Seattle have to come out with guns blazing and they have to take their chances. And if they make any mistakes, that's what's going to cost them. My opinion, I see this being a loss in extra time for the Sounders and Toronto winning. I don't know why, but I just feel like this is Toronto's cup to win. You just kind of have this like gut feeling a little bit. But I wouldn't. I don't want to see that. But I'm saying if I were to put all bias aside, I feel like Toronto going into this are more of like a hotter team and less so like they're just uh, like Seattle where they're just tactically playing really well and it's clicking on all cylinders. They're just a hot team. Things that seem to be going in their favor, kind of like in that game against Atlanta with the penalty save, then a score a couple minutes after. So if I were to put money on it, I'd probably say Toronto probably slide through this in like ET. I just don't see this going to penalties, but oh, if it goes to pens, Toronto's done. Sounders will take that. Toronto's oh, no chance. Interesting statement, but the two biggest games in TFC history, um, aside from the 2017 MLS Cup, um, went to pens, and Toronto was a disaster. The 2016 one, and then you got the Champions League one in 2018. I would never trust Toronto FC with penalties, especially if Michael Bradley's one of the penalty takers. Yeah, I know he missed in both of those shootouts. So. Yeah, yeah, he, I will. He airmailed one of those. Yeah, he he did he did pretty poor, Sergio Ramos esque. But I will be at the final guys at MLS Cup. If you guys want to see me, just make sure to follow me on my personal Instagram at like at Shion underscore n seventeen. If you guys want to stop by and say hi, I know I'm meeting up with. The, the owners of LAFC Universe, I'm going to be saying hi to them. There's going to be a lot of coverage. I know a lot of like the big big MLS outlets will be at the game, but don't, don't be afraid to say hi. Just follow me on Instagram. You're more than welcome to DM me. And I'll most likely be posting on my story there. So it's at S-H-A-U-Y-A-N underscore N-17. And thank you, Eli, for coming on. And where, coming per on. usual, I know he really likes being on this podcast. Where can people find more of you? Yeah. So I'm going to shamelessly plug myself, but tomorrow night I will be bringing back my podcast, This Week in MLS, uh, I know original, and you could find it if you're on iOS, download the America's Growing League app. Um, If you're not on iOS or you don't want to download the app, you could find me on Spreaker.com. And that I will be doing post-game coverage. I was originally planning to have a special guest on, but that's going to be moved to next week. Because I feel like tomorrow is all about the MLS Cup. and Or, or Sunday is all about the MLS Cup. And yeah, so I'm going to plug in the America's Growing League app for this week in MLS podcast. Shout out to Quincy Ameriqua, who will definitely be wearing a Galaxy uniform next season. We're going to speak it into existence. And shout out to... My new roommate, Richard, who's been very nice uh, uh, to have me in his room. And I'm very excited to watch this match. And, yeah, I said and like 30 times. That's all good. Don't worry about it. As we all know, Eli really likes plugging a lot of random stuff and bringing that in at the end of it. But thank you guys for listening. If you guys are listening to this, uh, the new launch of the – next gen pod instagram page is officially out so if you're not following us on there it's going to be at at uh you can just find it next gen pod but it's exactly next underscore gen underscore pod you can find us on instagram i'll be doing a christian pulisic away 
kit Chelsea away kit giveaway on there. So make sure you're following us on there. And per usual, make sure you're following us on Twitter. At 300 followers, I'll be giving away the exact same jersey, just also for the Twitter followers also. So I appreciate you guys. I'm very excited to launch the Instagram page for you all. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to tell your friends, your family, your footy friends about this podcast. And I hope you guys all have a wonderful